Hello and welcome to You Okay Man, a weekly men's mental health discussion. My name's Elliot. I'm Jake. And I'm Tom. And uh, You Okay Man? Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a little bit about my week first, if you guys don't mind. Um That's cool. Because this week I had my first uh therapy session. Oh, how oh was was it? congratulations. Yeah. Um which was good. It was really good. Uh she knows what she's doing, she's trying to do it. That's I, good. We ended up talking about a lot of stuff that I didn't realise was affecting me and stuff like that. So um but I wanna talk a little bit about the process of getting a therapist, because that's quite a it's quite a hurdle for a lot of people, I think. I can imagine it's quite daunting as well. Yeah, absolutely daunting because you kind of don't really know what to expect, right? And I was basically recommended this there. So one of the big things I struggle with is dissociation. So feeling like I'm sort of separated from my body and I can't really process what's happening in front of me. The best way I can describe it is it's kind of like being drunk in that you know what's happening, but you're kind of a second or two behind. Mm-hmm. and so I was recommended a therapist who specialized in dissociation which is great because I knew my problem I knew what I wanted to fix and so I could find the, spe- the, the therapist that was going to help me but I think for a lot of people they you obviously you don't know the exact thing that's bothering you right um, so it's it's sometimes harder to find that therapist that suits you because it very much is finding a therapist to suit you and the only way you can find that out is by testing different therapists out. So yeah. you don't really know if you're going to be compatible with a therapist until you've talked, but talking with a therapist costs money. And in a lot of cases it, it costs quite a bit of money, like, a, yeah. you know, anywhere between 50 P to a pound per minute. So you, you know, you could be spending between 25 and 50 pounds a week, just testing out therapists, which I, I know for a lot of people isn't, um, Feasible. Economical, it's not feasible at all, no. Exactly, especially as students. Especially as students, it's really, really difficult. Um, but I was very lucky that the first one that I found, I got along quite well with. Um, and I'll talk about the first session in a bit. But I just want to talk about a little website that um, actually my girlfriend found um, for, that helped her to kind of try and find a therapist that, that she suited. And I think it's called BetterHelp. And it's basically, it's an American website but um, there are lots of other services like it if you, if you do a little bit of research. Um, but it's a website called BetterHelp and it, it, it's basically a subscription therapist service. So you pay 35 pounds a week, which isn't cheap, but they do student discounts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it basically, rather than having just one session a week at the same time every week, you basically have access to their services. So they have a whole roster of different therapists who are all trained in different things so they have some who are trained in cognitive behavioral therapy some who are trained in reality uh, theory stuff like that and different therapists have different ways of therapizing you and that's one of the big things to kind of get used to and, and find and so that you have this big list and you can kind of contact them and, and and work out which one might work for you and then you can basically just have lots of, of tester sessions with different ones and you can just switch counselors or therapists as as and when you need and it seems like a, a really, really helpful service. One yeah. of the problems, it's based in America, so the timings when like people are online and stuff like that means that you're either doing it early in the morning or late at night. 
Oh, I see. That might work. It sounds like it sounds like Tinder for therapists. Yeah, you can kind of <laughs> swipe left, swipe right. That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so but it's helped you. It's helped you. Yeah, having a therapist has really helped me these past couple of weeks. And but that website, BetterHelp, was a really accessible way for uh, my girlfriend to find someone who who suited her because she wasn't having to spend fifty pounds every time to try and find one she just paid the subscription which is 35 a week but it's cheaper for the students she just had to pay that subscription and then she could just dot around as she needed to that week and you're also able to text and um instant message them uh if you're not able to call them uh, mm -hmm. like through any time in the week you're, you, you're able to do that and then you get to call them when you when you can as well so as a website, really good way of looking it up. And I think there are other websites which are based in England, but I've not had a chance to look them up yet. So I, I can't personally recommend any other than that. Um, but yeah, in terms of my uh, first session, um, it was really interesting because obviously, like I kind of think I know what's going on in my head. Um, and sort of I'm aware, obviously, of all the events that happen in my life, right? Um, and I've forgotten some things and, but that first session was basically her talking me, like asking me questions about my life. And I basically explained my life from being born to today, right. Going through all the major yeah. events and school and how that was and relationships and stuff. And fair play for remembering all of that. Yeah, <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was tough. And like, but like she, she asks really good questions that do kind of prompt your memories, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So she's a professional. She knows the questions to ask. That's what therapists doing, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what therapists do. Um, so I, yeah, I ended up remembering things I'd forgotten. But so she kind of then had this timeline and basically ended up then sort of connecting these dots, right? And saying, okay, well, this then links to this. And it's, it, it's sort of a weird experience because you it's like a connect the dots you can see all of the dots in front of you you know the story of your life but then you know if you get a professional therapist to come in and just kind of go tick 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 and connect all those dots and yeah. then the picture becomes clear and you kind of get this much clearer picture of who you are mm. and and why certain things affect you more and why certain things give you more anxiety or, or upset you more yeah because you can be like oh well obviously this is this is connected to this and it comes back to this again and it was really interesting so it was a, uh, a week ago yesterday that i had the first session i had the second session today but yeah the first session is what i want to talk about um because it, it felt like a connect the dots and it was really weird leaving that session and kind of having a bit of a clearer picture of what goes on in my head yeah like did you come away not straight away with a clearer answer but like an understanding of where things had come from and yeah, so obviously you don't come away and you go, oh, my life all makes sense again. But <laughs> you kind of come away and you, you have that picture. It's not coloured in. Maybe that's how I'll say it. You've got a picture and it's not coloured in, but you've got a picture. And throughout the week, I was kind of bearing in mind the things that, that, that she brought up. And um, little things which happened throughout the week, I could then look at and go, oh, well, that makes sense why that bothered me more. Or that makes sense why, that, why I was struggling with that more. And it... it just yeah clarity is the best word i can i can say it just felt like things became a little bit more clear um which was really good it was it was and really had you had you ever experienced that clarity before not really i had i did some free um therapy sessions with the university with the labeling service and they were okay but because they were free and because i only had six 
uh, you're only allowed six sessions. It was kind of difficult to get anywhere. Um, yeah. And again, I don't think I really clicked with the, the, the counsellor that I got through the university, but um, it's, definitely, it's definitely worth trying to go and get those six sessions from enabling because you're entitled to them and there's no, mm -hmm. there's no harm in it. But having, having done the six sessions from enabling before, I mean, I think they're really good. And I think if, I mean, even they even say at the end, if you need more, they'll, they'll signpost you off to the NHS and, mm. and, and sort of their elements as well mm. um, of mental health. So if, yeah, I mean, when university does restart, I, I would fully recommend use, utilizing enabling services systems mm -hmm. for um, crisis and, and for mental health. Yeah, I, th I think they'll probably be quite busy, but I think they'll be expecting that, so they'll be able to yeah. deal with a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's what's difficult is you also can't really going through the NHS is really difficult because they are mm. critically underfunded in mental health, mm. um, and so that ma makes it difficult because there's not many doctors and nurses that are trained in it, um, and so to kind of get on that wait list is is quite an infuriating thing, um, which is why I think so many people turn to private. But then it's so it, you know it, the, it can get really really expensive, which sucks. Yeah, um, and it, it well that's it, that's isn't a barrier. it? Yeah, yeah. it it, re it really does suck that as a barrier because it shouldn't be a barrier. But at the same time, the therapist that you were you were seeing, they're working. Obviously, they need to earn mm -hmm. a living. So yeah. it, it it's all one big problematic circle. But going back to you it's really really good to hear that you've you know found a therapist that's correct for you and you're seeing clarity but also i want to i want to caveat that with it's brave the fact that you've jumped and you've actually gone to the you know to this step to actually get the help if, for a lot of people it's not easy to do that um i, I know people who <laughs> including myself who who sit there and go i don't need it i don't need it i don't need it and when you finally come to that realization and it, it comes after a lot of denial usually where you tell yourself actually this isn't going to be, be any better if i don't get any help and you go out and you reach for that help and you get it that's the first step in a long journey to actually recovery yeah and you're I on think, that journey now mate I think that so point well done. about denial is really valid like because hmm. you kind of go yeah well i'm coping and other people have it worse and stuff like that but that's just not valid like no you don't go, I've got uh, a broken arm, but some people have two broken arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you don't. Um, <laughs> that's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just don't go to the hospital. <laughs> Let your arm heal on its own. It is, though, it is. It's one of those things, and I know we've been doing this for you know, five weeks now, but um, mental health is just as important as your physical health. In fact, even more so, I would argue. Mm. As a, as a point, I, I would say um, that, uh, yeah, as a general rule, if you're questioning whether you should or shouldn't go to therapy, go to therapy. Like, I, I, like obviously, money, can be a, like money is a factor for a lot of people, and that should be taken into account. But if your debate is whether you should or shouldn't, as a general rule, you should. Like, it's, it's mm. not going to harm you. But also, a lot of, a lot of GP surgeries have uh, what's called a mental health nurse, so they are a um, nurse who is specifically trained to deal with mental health problems. So you can go to your GP and get a GP appointment specifically to talk about your mental health. And then you'll be able to have a medical professional, a nurse, assess you and kind of um, 
figure out what your next step should be. So they can, they can advise places to go and, and free counseling that you can take on and stuff like that, as well as you can go back for mental health checkups with that nurse uh, regularly if you want. And it's the same as making a GP appointment. So that's definitely something to look into. I know Highfield Health in Southampton, um, which is all of our local GP, they definitely have a in-house mental health nurse. Um, but if not, your GP will be able to direct you where to go. But yeah, Good. that was my experience with therapy. Therapy is great. Gives you some clarity, if nothing else. Um, and if yeah, and it's, great to, yeah, it's great to hear that you're moving forward with it as well, that you mm. found someone that clicked straight away and that you've already, you're already feeling a lot more clear with it, which is mm. amazing to hear. It's great news. That sounded so sarcastic. I've had friends who've, who've, you know, spent a year or even a year and a half, you know, bouncing between different therapists to try and find the right one. And it really is a case of the right one. If you do have a therapist and, and you're like, well, this isn't working for me. It's probably not because therapy It's probably not because therapy is not for you. It's probably because the, the, the counselor isn't for you. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of the biggest thing in my week. How's, how's your week been, Tom? It's been good. It's been a happy week, actually. Good. I've moved back. What is it? It's Tuesday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So last Monday, I came back to Southampton to my uni house where I've been living. Um, at first, it was weird because going in back into my old room was where obviously all the stuff with my ex was kept and like photos and, and cards and all that. So it was weird going back and seeing all that and having to clear it all out mm. but i've moved into my housemate's room which is the biggest room in the house so i now have a lot <laughs> more space um i'm going from the tiny room i had just to this room uh it's a lot lighter it's a lot bigger a lot more space comfier bed as well so it just feels like a happy move and i feel a lot better here compared to when i was living uh just with just me and my dad for all of lockdown mm. um just being able to come out <clears> here by myself having like a, a different perspective on things so yeah moving away from my dad's not having to look around uh look after him not having to worry about what he wants or me doing things that might affect him if that makes sense mm. um so yeah it's just all focused on me and i'm seeing uh, there's still got uni mates down here as well so i'll go to common and see them sometimes so i'm not always alone but then yeah. if i want to be alone i can be alone and I really like my setup here. And it's really cozy. And I've got a house to myself. Good. I suppose yeah, that independence is quite important as well. Especially yeah. if you felt... Because not... You know, obviously not saying that your dad was trapping you. But <laughs> it, there can be a sense, especially if you're stuck in one place, um, you might feel trapped with with your dad, right? Like you can't... You're not allowed to leave the house. You're always... And I want to I want to add to that. It doesn't necessarily mean you're stuck in one place. I think it, it gets it gets doubly worse after a you know period of, a long period of time when you're used to your freedom being stuck with your parents or a mm. parent, because obviously the the insinuation there is they you know brought you up and you know mm. you were you were sort of following their their lead and their orders for lack of a better term <laughs> yeah exactly. um, for, uh, or the rules rather for like you know, you know growing up so there's always the connotation there of oh there are things that i can't do around my parents so living with them for three months or living with your dad in this case for three months i would i would argue that's the bit that was more trapping than being in the single place yeah no the, the independence is definitely refreshing like and yeah. it's not because of my who my dad is it's like a person like you know that my dad as a person is great but it's a fact that it's living with a parent 
mm. I'm like, if my parents sees me still playing video games for like the sixth hour in a row, <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't they be They hate me. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. So now I can do it here without being judged. <laughs> not, that I, not that I do that anyway. I'm, I'm a healthy person. Don't worry. But yeah, um, that, that's it, more or less. No, that's, that, that sounds good. It, like, it's exactly what Jake says, I think. Um, hmm. you, you, there's almost a tendency to kind of regress. Like you've spent oh, yeah. 18 years in, in a, you know, living with your parents and you're used to that way. And then you mm-hmm. leave and it's kind of refreshing and you go to uni or you go on a gap year and you're living by yourself and it's new and it's exciting and you're independent. And then I found this, especially even before lockdown, I'd go home for maybe Christmas and I'd find myself regressing. Like I'd, I'd yeah. stop cleaning up after myself or I'd be worse at doing the dishes or yeah. you know, I'd forget how to cook. Like it's just, <laughs> you, you just kind of regress and it's natural when you're in that environment where you're used to being a certain person but yeah yeah, I think that's probably something which I've also experienced during lockdown I didn't really didn't really pick up on before when when did when did you find that you started struggling Tom was it how after how many weeks after how many months sort of in lockdown well yeah in lockdown yeah I, I was never struggling like all the time I'd have my good moments and my bad moments but I think, uh, when did I go through the breakup? I'm trying to remember all the dates, but it was like probably three weeks into lock. It was the final week of the actual lockdown when I thought, okay, I don't want to be doing this anymore. This is yeah. no fun. I've got to, be, I've got to be back by myself and doing what I like. In, As opposed of, to being, yeah, you, you were, you had enough. You were fed up of being sort of in that yeah. environment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because there's only so much you can do when I'm with my dad. Uh, not emotionally, but just physically as well. Like, I can't, because like, when, I'm, when I'm here in Southampton, I'm like running around the house singing, mm. blowing music out as loud as I want. And that's like a way of just escape, not escaping. Do you know what? But, that's you know, the one that thing. That's the one thing that I know when I'm free, I can do. I can just yeah. plug, my, plug my phone in. Well, I can't anymore because it's broken. But I can plug my <laughs> phone in to the speakers i can just you know jam it up to the, the top volume and just play it out and no exactly. mum dad nan granddad yeah dog is gonna get annoyed at me because maybe the neighbors will but no nobody my responsibility is there yeah uh, exactly it's like and, it's like the parent comments as well he's like oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, not even they're not even they're not saying anything but you can tell like in their head they're like they want to judge you like you. a child again yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's not it's not it's nice to escape that Mom, if you listen to this, I'm sorry, but like, as an adult, th- th- these are things that we go through. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad thing at all. It's just moving. It's a weird phase because as a student, I'm half leading an adult life and half going back and being a child again with my parents whenever mm. I go see them. And it's just finding that balance of, of yeah. switching between. And I like, even my dad says it sometimes when we used to go visit our grandparents, he'd be like, I'm regressing into my child form again. I'm thinking I can't say that certain things, even though he's like 50 years old and he's, like, yeah. he's got his own family. Oh God, I really hope I don't experience <laughs> that. <when> I'm <laughs> no, it's a natural thing, isn't it? Do you, so the other side of what you were saying was uh, when you came back to uni, you were sort of reminded of that state. So if we talk about regressing back home, do you think there was a part of you that then regressed when you came back to uni? Into, what do you mean, into other state? Uh, like back oh, to when the... you were still with with your ex girlfriend. Oh, okay. Um, so I, just just to kind of talk a little bit about 
what that was like because I, I know you kind of had got to a um, comfortable place in your head with with the breakup do you mm. think moving back there and back into that room had an effect on that uh no I think because because I've been thinking about it a lot and got real comfortable with it out in the in the lonely bits of New Forest so when I came back I had like a not as like a strong foundations that the cheesy way to put it uh, but no it's just like it wasn't like a of seeing all these things and I'm being like triggered back into the, the good old days bit. It was like that happened. That was a nice bit, but it can't happen anymore. And it was, it was sad for like, like a, maybe an hour. Mm. Not, not even, not even sad. It was just like. Rem, rem, reminiscence. Reminiscent. Yeah. That's it. Reminiscence. The word. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, there were cards up and um, pictures and it was just like, that was a nice time. It makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, uh yeah i'm I'm also trying to verbalize what it is because i i i know exactly that feeling and it's even that you are like i want to get back together you're just kind of sad that a time when you were together is gone and yeah not in the sense of i want to get back together but in the because even if you got back together you wouldn't be in that place you were more Mm. in a sense of you can never get back to that place and that's sad yeah it's I mean that's uh, that's an extreme way of putting it, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like yeah, I agree with what you mean. Like that was a that was a real comfortable time. Mm. I felt happy then. That was comfortable, and I feel happy and comfortable now. But it was that was a different yeah. comfort having. Not no more, no less. But it's just some different place now, isn't it? But that's my week. Um, yeah, I mean overall overall good week, which I'm pleased with. Good. How about guys? We move on to yeah. Mr. Willis, Jake Willis. Yeah, hello. Um, oh, I'm no longer working full time. That is the big headline of today's. Oh, well, sorry, we're on, recording on Tuesday. Of Monday was the big headline, and uh, it still hasn't hit me yet. Um, I am very much not in the mindset of. I, I don't really know where I am. I'm still waking up. The sleeping pattern's still the same. I'm still waking up ridiculously late. <laughs> um, <laughs> I woke up. I woke up at four o'clock today, as I did yesterday, oh. as I did the day before. Um, so that's something immediately that needs to be sorted out. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm no longer working full time, and I'm very much um, not aware that that is the case yet if that makes sense it's like lagged it's lagging behind the impact of this has not hit me yet Mm. um and so i don't really know how to act at the moment i'm um i'm so used to working that i'm just lounging around doing nothing and it's yeah no i don't feel particularly bad about anything um although there is one thing that i'll get onto uh in a moment that i i have been thinking quite heavily about Mm. um but i'm yeah i just feel very lethargic very lazy very um i don't really have a direction um Mm. but again the sort of the the sadness of not having a full-time job and the perhaps mental health impacts and implications of that have not yet caught up to me. So in regards to the story that we've been going through, or rather the, the journey we've been going on for the past couple of weeks, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm anywhere further on that than, than last week to really comment on. Uh, the thing that I have noticed, though, and this is, this is something that I've previously discussed about how I'm capable of blocking the news out and, yeah. and not really letting it affect me well i've noticed that since i've stopped and it's only been 
what I mean Sunday Monday Tuesday that I haven't been working mm. um the the news has actually been taking having a having an effect on me yeah. I think this might be a a slow this is, might be the first thing that is catching up with me mm. and 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 that is um certain things that have happened in the news have been making me rather upset so uh, the, the big one is these protests these these black lives matter protests and um and sort of everything that's going on you know surrounding them and yeah. when we were when we were sort of covering it at lbc um we were very much i guess very much in you know obviously it's there we're being bombarded by everybody talking about it but when you're when you're there and you're on the phones and you're talking about that you you sort of blank out everything surrounding surrounding sort of the, the, the wider story and you focus on taking the cause so you you take the word of what people are saying to you obviously if you can't verify it you don't put them through mm-hmm. but you know if somebody's talking from their experience then you you, you know and, and you know they're, they're a person of color i want that person to go on air because that experience is important to me therefore you know i have blanked out all of sort of the the wider protests out i want you know and i'm, I'm looking for a specific thing relating to kind the program you feel like a part of the news that's going on and a part of delivering that as opposed yes. to a person observing that and now yes. you're not working you're observing that well, I mean, I, I will still be working, obviously, on the Sundays. And yeah. when I come back into it, I just haven't had the chance to go back into that yet. But when, as it, it was six days a week beforehand, I was working, it's mm. now six days a week I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I feel as though I am much more of an observer, as you described, than I am um, a part of it. So um, I, I think a key part of that then, because it, it's something that I think probably a lot of people have, have struggled with, is because like, there's a lot going on. And I think mm. personally, my uh, way of dealing with that is making sure that I am always up to date, so I don't feel like I'm, I'm not doing my duty and staying on top of it, but it's making sure that it's in short bursts mm. um, and that it's not always kind of the, the doom and gloom. So I've been trying to seek out um, creators that are showing a solution rather than just um, problems and, and showing the problems. And that can kind of help me feel a little bit more hopeful about it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know whether that might help you. How, how I you- think... I think so. So the way I've been sort of processing it is, mm. I've been sick. I, I, well, I've been processing it. I've I've stopped looking at the news. Essentially, mm-hmm. I I only look at the headlines of the day. I don't look at any more any more news than that. Um, and I think that's 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 helped me significantly because I'm keeping up to date with the sort of the the gist of things, but I'm not going into detail because the minute I go into detail, it's the minute I start getting upset. Um, because again, when I, when I'm a part of it, I'm just absorbing that information just to know it. When I'm outside of it, I'm absorbing that information and that information has an effect on me. Um, because do you, I, think, I, do you think that's not the same as, as when you're working though? Do you think just taking the headlines doesn't treat it as real as opposed to just a story? So this is how it's, it's really bad because we're almost taught not to treat it as real when we're working. Yeah, because it, you know, if if you do treat it as real, then it's going to upset you. Yeah. You know, you know, there's only so much news, bad news that you can hear of. You know, riot or you know, not necessarily well riots in America, yeah, but in this country, sort of, you know, the unrest with um, uh, the far right and 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 all of that yeah. in regards to those protests. Um, yeah, there's only so much you can read and sort of you you sort of have to disassociate from it because if you don't disassociate and you're you put yourself in the situation of well that's happening and i don't like that 
um, or it's upsetting me, then you're going to get upset and it's, it's going to affect your sort of the way you, where you go into that situation on the phones and you work. But so you have to disassociate. I think that's why I'm trying to find creators who are providing solutions rather than just reporting on it. So I think yeah. that's, I think I also feel overwhelmed when I just see it being reported as here's more videos of people being ab like abused by the police and here's more videos of people in pain and here's more protests. I think finding those creators and content providers that are looking at solutions and looking at ways forward. I can't remember for the life of me, her name, and it's really annoying me. Um, but she was on the BBC yesterday and uh, she was a yeah she, she was a black writer from america and she was basically talking about look like this is happening we can't change that it's all well and good reporting on the fact that this is happening but it doesn't help to just keep saying this is happening and what we need to no. do as a society is, is yeah. say how can we correct this um the the main one that i found to help me is uh, last week tonight with john oliver he's really good yeah. at condensing it and then putting a where do we go from here um but i do enjoy i, mean, I do enjoy john oliver's sort yeah. of, um i guess commentaries on it. on different issues yeah and he's good and, and to be fair that sort of thing does cheer me up what i was going to go into though is and i mean as, as we described I've, I've had to disassociate and now reassociating is sort of getting me upset the problem that i've had over the past couple of days and i've had man, many debates about this with different friends some who've who've you know Vehement, vehemently disagreed with me mm. um is that i obviously support the cause of black lives black lives matter i'm right. anti-racist i despise you know the fact that you know black people disproportionately experience racism and and multiple other discriminatory acts in this country where i but then i'm also an historian by trade mm. And this is where I've been torn for the past two weeks. And it's that as an historian, and we're talking about the statues being pulled down, yeah. I'm taught and I've been taught through training and maybe this training has been incorrect and, and maybe I've interpreted it in, in the incorrect way. And perhaps I'm completely and utterly wrong. This is just mm. the way I stand on this. Mm -hmm. But I've been taught that statues and things like that are an embodiment of history. Um, and in my head, them being torn down is almost like a hostile act against history. Mm -hmm. Hear me out. I'm not talking about the politics of all of this. I'm yeah. talking about how this has had an effect on my mental health. I completely understand the side of Black Lives Matter and wanting them torn down. And I completely understand the historian's argument that who are in line with me, who don't want them torn down. I support the Black Lives Matter cause, but I also don't particularly want the statues to be torn down. So I'm fucking torn, sorry for mm. swearing. I'm torn <laughs> yeah. in the middle of this yeah. sort of like thing. And my, my mind is, is being like, sort of just pulled apart. Yeah. And I hate it because I don't want to be on a side and I don't have to be on a side either. But then there are people saying you do have to be on a side and there are people saying you can only be on one side. And I'm just very much like, Bargh. Yeah, so I think, I think it's it's difficult because yeah like um especially when yeah so as a as a very quick thing at the start the way I see it is statues glorify history books remember history no yeah. one's going to forget the acts they did people, people but I think I think personally that the that statues of slave traders should be taken down because statues in my mind glorify history and um having them up means that as a society we are 
trying to actively glorify and remember people who perpetuated slavery. But um, in terms of what I think you were talking about at the end is this idea that where is my responsibility as a white person, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, again, is something that uh, I've been struggling with because it feels it can feel as a knee jerk reaction to be like, right, you're tearing down statues, you're, you're you know, destroying in, in America, you're destroying buildings and shops. Are, are you attacking me? Because this is a, society, is a society I live in. Does that mean that you're, you're coming for me next? And so I don't I, I don't think that line for me is correct i simply think as an historian and as an historian who has studied empire specifically Mm. the british empire and 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 completed my masters in it i've always been taught that yes statues are a glorification but also they are an embodiment of the time so aesthetically speaking they are a um an understanding of that period of time through said person um, and obviously said person when they're a slave trader, not very good, but this is the taunt. So obviously I despise the person, mm. but it's the history of the, uh, it's the history that I don't want destroyed. It's simply that. And yeah. that's where the, t- the, the, the tearing in my mind comes. I think and obviously a... I know, I know we're running out of time here. Yeah. That's um, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, so my I, mental health is being affected by the fact that I, I, I want to support every everybody but mm. i can't and it's just like oh but so as a, as a historian you must understand then that whilst they were important figures of history the actual uh movement of history right the the reason why england could profit and grow in those times was down to black people right so i think that's where that comes from is people wanting people wanting to make sure that it's the black people that are being recognized for their work and that's completely what I want. I think, I mean, just to end, end this one, mm. I think Banksy had a great idea and that that was to put that statue of, Ed, of Edward Colston back on its plinth and commission another statue of the people who dragged it down, dragging it down. And I think that that, that would be amazing because that is, that is developing history. I, I think that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so I had one more. I had one more thing to talk about, and that's just sorry. So that's just yeah. played with my mental health, um, and like that's just something that I'm going to have to come to a conclusion to. And I'm educating myself, and I'm learning, and and hopefully I can come to a, a, a good compromise. The mm. final thing, yeah. and it's going to be very quick, is that I experienced seconds. Nigel Farage got kicked off of LBC. Yes, and the program that I work on literally come straight afterwards normally right. however the program got extended because farage went so oh. i took the abuse of all of nigel farage's call-ins oh, no. on um on thursday i believe it was yeah last yeah. thursday and it, it was the final program that i did with with that show um and it was for lack of a better term possibly the funniest hour of radio i've ever had to experience in hindsight <laughs> i thought it would have a tremendous impact on mental health, but it was great. And um, yeah, I just thought I'd end on that. Good. That was great. That's the highlight of my week. I'm glad you could take something <laughs> good from it because that, sound, that sounded rough. Um, but yeah, okay, well, we'll wrap up because I think this is going to end any minute. But um, thank you so much for listening. Sorry, it's been a bit of a rushed ending. Um, we'll fix it by next week. I've been Elliot. I've been Jake. And I've been Tom. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening. 
Please remember that none of us are professionals. And if you do need help, please seek professional advice from either your local GP or any of the established charities that I'll leave in the description. If you want to see what else we're up to, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Jesting Dog Productions.